Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we explore the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. In this, our fifth season, we're looking at Joe Johnston's 2011 film, Captain America, the First Avenger. I'm Andy Nelson from True Story FM. And I'm Pete Wright, and this week we're taking the podcast to Hydra. (laughs) Today we're talking about Minute 48, which begins with Colonel Phillips telling Agent Carter and Stark to pack their bags, and ends with Steve getting a promotion. Joining us on the show again today is Jessica Plummer, contributor to the Sword, Stone, and Table Anthology. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you. All right, we finally get a little more meat to this conversation that Phillips is having uh, with uh, with Carter and uh, Brant and Steve and Stark. It's this sense of what they're actually going to do. He says, uh, you know, this is following the, the start of the conversation yesterday where he says he's talked to the president and they're changing the the direction for SSR. And now we are taking the fight to Hydra tells Agent Carter and Stark to pack their bags. They're flying to London. This is that moment where I'm like, I think that if Erskine was here, he would not be able to do this again. I'm not saying he is excited that Erskine is dead or tried to kill Erskine or anything like that. I'm just saying now that Erskine's out of the way, he's saying, hey, let's just go fight Hydra. Let's just do what we do. We're the military. Let's go punch some Nazis. Well, I know you you had this one loaded up, like ready for this minute so you could really slam <laughs> home that point. But I still think that ju- that bec- that even Erskine could not have weathered the pressure of the events that just happened in the lab. I I think it, they would have they still would have retasked and gone after Hydra. So, okay, so you think if there was the successful transformation of Steve to become a super soldier, Kruger wasn't there, and you think that their next steps regardless would be this, not to say, okay, let's do a whole army of these guys now. What, well, I think Erskine would stay here, and he would be still working on more people, more super soldiers, and I think they still would have said, we have to retaliate in kind. That's what the military does. They came to our turf, they have an attack, we're going to have to go do the same thing. We're going to have to find a way to retaliate. That's what they do. That's the riddle of the military, right, in these movies. That's that's what they do. Once they've selected the soldiers, like theoretically, if it had worked, if Erskine was still alive and it had worked for Steve and they were like, OK, well, here's our other you know, 20 guys we're going to do this for. Phillips and Peggy don't need to be there. Like, what are they doing? But once the soldiers have been pulled out of the unit. You don't need the rest of the military personnel unless you need them for some kind of bodyguarding purpose. And in that case, you don't have somebody as high ranking as Phillips. I guess the only thing I would say to embrace and extend the point is if Erskine was still around, I half imagine the colonel to say, all right, Erskine, get busy and make me 30 more of these guys, because it really didn't take very long. To, to make Steve, to buff up Steve. It's been a week. It was from the time they picked him to the time they, they had him. It was just over a week. Right. But from the time they like, I you could just go to the gallery like here. I need two reporters and a couple of senators and like put them all in the can and let's just get going. Let's go. Let's go fight this fight this fight. They have to buy a lot more light bulbs because everything burst. <laughs> so many more light bulbs. <laughs> right? that, that is a good point. Vita rays are high calorie burn yes, they are. Uh, so well I, I mean it's it is funny because you'd think that if the plan was to make a whole army of super soldiers you'd think that they would have steve 
and a whole bunch of other people that they had also selected. (laughs) And now all those people are out of luck because they don't have any serum left for them. But no, they just have Steve. So really, it's kind of like back to the drawing board. It's it's not a great system that they had put in place here. It's not. No, it's very efficient. This is jumping a little ahead in a minute, but I think it's really interesting the way it hammers home that you are not enough line. And it's clearly it's a significant line and he's going to be proven wrong. And Steve's going to save the day because that's what a superhero movie is. Yeah. It's like one person saving the day, but it's also a war movie. And that's kind of not how war works. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a little bit at odds. Like the war still happens after Steve's in the ice. Right. And here they just made this unilateral decision to not even go after the Nazis anymore. It's all retasked for Hydra. Like we don't we don't really care about the rest of the war. We're we're all in on Hydra. Well, let's talk about that. So so Phillips tells Carter and Stark that they're going to London tonight and Steve wants to also participate. And this is very much that, you know, nice work, Timmy sort of thing. Like, I don't want to be left behind collecting scrap metal. I want to also go help fight Schmidt. This is that line that you're talking about where Philip says, you're an experiment, you're going to Alamogordo. And that's how he sees him. He doesn't see him as a soldier. He sees him just as an experiment. Um, You know, and then, of course, Steve says the serum worked. Philip says, I asked for an army. All I got was you. And then he has a very pointed, you are not enough. So, I mean, that's that's the thing that you're talking about there, right, Jessica? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, really, he's not wrong. Steve's not a soldier. He's never been a soldier. He had a week of basic training and he will proceed to never obey a single order he's ever given in his entire life and then die about it. Like He's a terrible soldier. He's actively awful if you're looking for a soldier. That's true. He really is the worst of them. He just doesn't follow orders. And yet everybody was really gung-ho for him to be the guy. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a very interesting perspective. And I guess to a certain extent, Phillips, up until two days ago, only knew of Steve as this puny guy, could barely do a push-up, who couldn't climb a net, who, you know, was constantly making a mess of things. And um, yeah, he's big now, and he was able to stop this Nazi. But to a certain extent, there is still that impression that he has of this guy as the guy who was the loser and couldn't do anything. And you're an experiment. And I just don't know if you actually are capable of doing anything effectively. And I think that's the the fear that they have, right? Yeah. Well, and what we don't see is is the intervention from Peggy. Peggy, I like you. You're good. You're good at your job. You're a nice person. You're so wrong about Steve. Like, so, so wrong. Where did that intervention scene come from? Because uh, it, it does feel like a, a reckoning is is in order. So, yeah, because Peggy's reaction to to him is kind of shock about this whole thing. I mean, she doesn't we don't she doesn't say really anything else in the scene. All she said was colonel in the last minute. And she has nothing else to say here other than being given orders. Um, But it I mean, I think that colonel that she had really kind of effectively says that that, you know, her concern for Steve up to this point and everything that she just was talking to Steve about upstairs about his blood and saving the program and everything and, and genetic code and all this sort of stuff. It's, it's basically like, you know what? Sorry, we're going to dismiss all of that. Cause we actually have to go actually do real fighting. It's, I mean, that's kind of the impression that I get of his reaction to her and her impression of 
everything going on with Stephen Erskine. Just because it's a pivot, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what, I, and to her, I mean, she is getting the surprise because she's been working so much with Erskine and is legitimately and rightfully surprised at the change in direction. Yeah. But see, you can see the difference between them. Peggy actually went through full basic training or whatever. Yeah. She is a soldier. Right. She right. will absolutely speak up if she disagrees with something, but she also takes orders. And like when she's surprised by something, she kernels about it and then she proceeds to go along with it because Gets and I think board. like Peggy's very smart and she's probably realized like, yeah, you know what? You're right. We can't make more of this. We'll get the scientists working on the blood. Let's go. Yeah. What do you think the plans are for Steve and Alamogordo? Do you think he's going to then go through training of some sort or do you think that he's just going to be studied? Studied. Yeah. So you don't you don't think they would ever say, you know what, you are big and strong now. Let's train you because I, I can't help but think, I mean, he he is able to do more now. And I, I would think that they're going to say, OK, let's let's test a flamethrower on you. See how you do with that. Let's test this and see. OK, so you're really good at these things. So let's put you in front of some things and, and actually put you out in the field once he's trained. I mean, it might take. What is it? What do we say? Basic training was when we looked it up is like 12 weeks, seven weeks, something like that. It depends, obviously, of uh, the period in war. Yeah. But I think that there would be a level where they said, OK, let's train him and see if we can actively get him doing stuff for us. I think he's too valuable until they know for sure that they can replicate the process. They don't want to waste him because they can always get more blood out of him as long as he's still alive. But if they, you know, if they're wrong and they send him to France or whatever and he immediately gets shot in the head, well, that's the end of the super soldier program. That's true. Um, Alamogordo, New Mexico is, of course, uh, known for the connection with the Trinity test in 1945, the first ever explosion of an atomic bomb. Um, there is it's an army airfield, the Alamogordo Army Airfield, uh, which in 1948 became the Holloman Air Force Base. It became an Air Force Base um, later, and it still is active. It still is active. Um, so I guess I guess they picked Alamogordo because it sounds like the sort of place where they're doing tests. And that's it seems like let's send them to the place where these scientists are doing you know, military tests. I, I think isn't Alamogordo technically inside of Area 51? Isn't Alamogordo also where aliens are? <laughs> that's OK. They're sending him to fight the aliens. You get it. You got it. He's going to be ready. ready for Thor. So really, it's more <laughs> of a we're sending you to Alamogordo. Wink, wink. We've got bigger plans. Yeah, that we need. <laughs> we've got some <laughs> other plans. <laughs> So the senator really screws it all up. It's really the senator's fault. Yeah. I mean, think of think of where we would be today if if only Cap could go start fighting aliens in the 40s. This is going to be revealed in like phase four or five or whatever we're up to in the MCU that scrolls have invaded. And if only they had been stopped by Captain America. And it was all because of Senator Brandt. Totally. It's actually Senator Brandt, y'all. Senator Brandt's a scroll. That's that's it. That's it. Those are the committees he's on. Scroll. Just a few other interesting notes about Alamogordo. Uh, this is, of course, one of my favorite things about it. Uh, 1983, Atari buries over 700,000 Atari 2600 video game cartridges in the desert nearby. Most of them were the E.T. the Extraterrestrial game. 
filled the landfill out in Alamo Grotto. So that's the aliens that's there? That's <laughs> that, that was a wonderful video. I know it was a video or a full documentary on the on finding, unearthing all of those game cartridges uh, in the desert. And they're fantastic. It was fantastic. Right. So uh, funny. What a tra- hysterical tragedy. I know. So what a weird way to just end it, too. Let's just go bury it in the desert. I have so many failures <laughs> in my house that I'm going to go bury. In the, now that I know it's okay, there's precedent, right? The other thing that's uh, more recent, uh, 2001, this was kind of a, I had, I remember this happening, I kind of forgot about it, though. Uh, the Christ Community Church had a public book burning <laughs> of the books in the Harry Potter series, along oh, with some other series that they, that they frowned upon. Uh, so those are two other things that Alamogordo is known for. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yep. So... If you're from there, you probably just say, I'm from New Mexico. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah it's funny how little of this information is on like their the Alamogordo Wikipedia page. It's like, no, 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 we don't want that information being talked about. Cult- culture and tourism page is, is yeah. replete with all of that stuff. <laughs> all right. So Phillips leaves. Colonel Phillips has his plans. He's given uh, Peggy and Stark their orders, and he takes off. Uh, this is the moment where Senator Brandt uh, sees his opportunity just like a politician. Uh, he says the country has seen him in action and it would be a waste to to not use it and to just send it off to the desert to be studied. So what does he do? Uh, he's going to put Steve into the battlefield, the most important battlefield there is. Um, we've got this this great little scene before the end of the minute and we get a newspaper, the New York Examiner, uh, a great shot of Steve where he is holding his uh, shield, Mark II, and <laughs> the Lucky Cab uh, Company door. And uh, this is the moment where um, we kind of get this whole thing. And the newspaper, of course, June 23rd, 1943. How does this whole moment play for the two of you? Well, it's a trick. It's a bait and switch trick. We know like what it's going to be. And I just feel it's a great moment. And I feel so sad for Steve because I know what he spent so much time doing that he ends up in this. This is one of the reasons I love this movie so much is because it's it's a marketing and branding movie insofar as it's also a military and superhero movie. And the fact that they end up finding such a fantastic use for this super soldier that is uh, also a dramatic misuse of a of a tool is uh, in service of communications is, is I think, just a, a wonderful, wonderful exploration of Captain America. And the fact that it's this senator and has Steve kind of in his pocket because it, Steve doesn't doesn't know what from authority right now. And he doesn't know to look at this guy with a side eye yet he, because he doesn't really have agency yet. He just has biceps. I mean... He's so naive. I'm like, are you really from Brooklyn? Like anything anybody tells him, he's like, really? Okay. Bless his heart. Uh, the senator knows the right words to say to him. Do you want to serve your com- country on the most important battlefield in this war? Like, I mean, that is exactly how a politician is going to spin this thing, right? And it's just like, he doesn't tell Steve anything about what it is. He just says, serve battlefield war <laughs> steve's like yes like he's salivating at the chance i mean that's what he's been wanting to do this whole time it's i mean it's kind of sad it's a little sad son sir it's all i want 
You know, of course. Well, so here's a question, though. When you two, and I don't know if you can remember, when you watched this movie and you saw this scene play out, did you think that it was going to be something like what we're going to see in tomorrow's minute? Or what? where was your head at as far as, like, thinking what the senator's up to? I never expect a musical number, because if I thought one was coming and it didn't, I would be too crushed to go on. <laughs> Uh, I I don't know that I expected it to be a musical number, but I knew that a betrayal was coming because the military has just shunned Captain America. They have just said, you're not coming to London. And a senator is giving you an opportunity. You have to know that's that's going to be our, our sort of second act betrayal, right, as we transition into the middle part of this movie. That it became the marching musical number montage is uh, a real gift to us and all of our children and our children's children. But <laughs> I, I didn't know it would be that for sure. I think it speaks to how well this movie does character because Brant has like five minutes of screen time, but he's such a clear character. Like he, ha you know, with his few lines, they say so much about who he is and the actor does a great job. Like it's all so effectively done we know not to believe a word out of his mouth we know he's the most insincere human being we've ever met like it's it's really effectively communicated and so yeah like i don't think anybody guessed a musical number but certainly this is not going to be what steve <laughs> thinks it is because this is not a trustworthy person it's very much the politician and he is just you know he he ends up he sells it in a way that a politician will. And it does. Yeah, I don't think I was expecting a musical number, but I was expecting some form of being used in some capacity. And honestly, I can't remember if the trailers, I'd have to go back and look at the trailers for Captain America, if they showed any hints of musical stuff going on in, in it, or if it was just all, you know, fighting in Red Skull and stuff. But um, that would have been the only clue that I would have had that any of that was going on. Yeah. Um, a few other headlines uh, on this newspaper. Roosevelt and Churchill remember those lost before meeting Congress. Allies rally. European bombing offensive hits target destroying satellites and more planes go. Rescued soldiers recount amazing bravery on the battlefield. Like so many of the headlines we've seen in newspapers, they're fairly generic. We don't get stuff that is very specific. And I know it's because, you know, they're they're not necessarily wanting to. Um, to pin stuff down so specifically. But it does at least clarify this is June 23rd, 1943, in the film itself. So either they are now saying on the Marvel Wiki that the uh, the New York Examiner published the wrong date on their newspaper, or <laughs> they've rewritten history. Who knows? I'm, I am shocked, shocked, I tell you, to hear that a resource on the internet is incorrect. <laughs> a wiki? <laughs> no. They don't let just anybody edit those. <laughs> right? <laughs> All right. So so Steve gets a promotion. Um, we're going to talk next time about what that promotion is. All of that good stuff. There's a lot uh, of meat in, in that conversation. We're going to have a lot of fun with it. Um, but I, I want you both to think about, and we'll talk about this next time, how much time has passed from the time um, when the senator offers his pitch and Steve bites to the very last shot of Steve in a room. That's all we know. Steve in a room. We'll talk about Steve in the room next time and how much time has passed. Any last thoughts from either of you on this minute? I'm ready to start singing. Same. <laughs> all right, Jessica, tell everybody again uh, about you on the internet, where they can find you, read your stuff, all that good stuff. 
Um, I'm a contributing editor at Book Riot, uh, where you can read my writing on comics mostly and general bookish things. Um, and I'm on Twitter at Jess underscore Plummer. I feel like now you need to buy the website generalbookishthings.com. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely taken. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> All right. Well, Pete, thank you as always. Okay. I just want to confirm uh, there's no uh, marketing uh, in the trailer. Oh. Okay, good. Yeah, I just re- I did some real time real time research. Excellent. I was doing real t- real time research. So now, Andy, uh, pack your bags. <laughs> Until next time, true believers. Marvel Movie Minute is a production of True Story FM, engineering by Andy Nelson. This season's music is Spread the News by Anthony Vega, and this season's show art is by Winston Yabo. Find the show at truestory.fm, and if your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, consider doing that for this show.